May your word go forth and may it lodge deeply within our spirits. Lord, may we learn more about growing stronger in you today. Thank you, Master, for giving me utterance to make known the word of the Lord. I pray the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that our spirits would be strengthened with glory and might. Thank you, Lord, that the entrance of your word giveth light. And we choose to say today that we will walk in the light of revelation knowledge. We will walk in the light of the information and the revelation that we receive. For we are not here playing church. We are not here just passing time. We are here purposefully, expectantly, open to the Spirit and open to the Word of the Lord today. For it's in Jesus' name that everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Praise God. So we're in a series called Stronger. In Proverbs, the 18th chapter, and you'll notice with me in the 14th verse, it says that the strong spirit of a man, I am a spirit, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. So it is the strong spirit of man that will bolster you up, assist you, and sustain you in a time of physical attack or in any trouble. But then it goes on to say, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? Thank God we serve a master who takes things that are broken and makes them whole again. He can take a heart that is broken and he can make a broken heart whole again. If you have been weakened by the circumstance of life, if you are going through something, just know this, that though you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is right there with you, and He, in fact, is the glory and the lifter up of your head. And so what we are doing is we're training ourselves to be godly. We are exercising daily in God. We talked about how that meditation is the bridge to revelation. It's one good thing to be informed, but it's a better thing to be transformed. Transformation comes through revelation. And revelation oftentimes comes by the time we spend cogitating, meditating, thinking, pondering, speaking, and declaring the Word of God. Amen? We got any cogitators in here? Some of you don't know whether to raise your hand or not. Well, you can go ahead and get the get the message from last week. Praise God. So God's word feeds your spirit like natural food feeds your body. God's word to your spirit is like a healthy meal to your flesh, to your body. You know, Paul talked to young Timothy and he said to him that I will bring you the word because I'm a faithful minister. That's in 1 Timothy 4, 6. We could look at that. 1 Timothy 4, 6. And I'm just here today to put you in remembrance of some things. He said over there in 1 Timothy 4, 6, If you put the brethren and the sisters too in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Well, thank God, by the grace of God, I'm a good minister. Amen. I want a better amen than that. You'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now notice with me, nourished up 
in the words of doubt. Is that what it says? There is no nourishment for your spirit that comes through fear. Your spirit will not be nourished through doubt. But your spirit man will be nourished through words of faith and what else? And a good doctrine. Whereunto thou hast attained. That word nourished there means you will be sustained by the precepts of faith. The Good News Bible says this, Feed yourself spiritually on the words of faith and of the true teaching which you have followed. Oh, there's nourishment flowing in the house today. Amen. I see you today. You got your spiritual bibs on. You're ready to eat, right? You're ready to receive. Receive what, Pastor? Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm open to the word and to the spirit. Now, just like you draw strength from natural food. Now, this is my second service today. Last week, beyond the second service, I was really tired. Sometimes I get very tired. Sometimes I just get kind of tired. So on the way to lunch, I knew that I needed something to eat. And we went to a restaurant that was kind of busy and had a lot of loud music. Didn't know whether I wanted to go there or not because I had already given out and I didn't want to hear a bunch of nonsense in my ears. But oh, thank God, when they brought that six-ounce filet mignon and that Caesar salad and that baked potato, glory to God. I chewed into that. Guess what? My strength came back. I was nourished. Amen. I was nourished by the Texas Roadhouse. Well, if that can happen at the Texas Roadhouse, it can happen at Heart of the Bay. Where you get nourished with the words of faith. And you will be strengthened. Here's what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, raise me up and strengthen me according to the promises of your word. Friends, there's strength in God's word. There is might in God's word. Now notice with me in Acts chapter 20, and we notice in verse 32, Paul is saying farewell to a group of believers that he has known for years. He knew that this was the last time and he was going to see him. And I think this is a good farewell sermon for a pastor. Well, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm going to preach this anyway. <laughs> Acts 20, 32. And now, brothers and sisters, I commend you to who? I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Is there grace in the word? Is there strength in the word? He says, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. There is building up taking place in the house right now. The word is going forth. It is anointed word and it is building you up in your spirit man. It is able to build you. I've discovered this. That people that are built up will build others up. That people that are blessed will bless others. 
If you're interested in being built up and staying built up, I commend you to the word of his grace. Now, as you're in this word, and as you are meditating in the word of his grace, keep that scripture up, we're not done with it yet. As you're meditating in the word of his grace, some things will be given to you that you have not yet seen before. The word of his grace gives us something. Well, it gives us insight, but it gives us an inheritance. There are some things about your inheritance and my inheritance that we need to know. I need to know more about this precious blood covenant. I need to know more about Jesus. How about you? And you will discover as you're serious about the word and serious about staying built up in the word, there will be things given to you. There will be things that you will see about who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ and about this glorious inheritance. And you know what? You will be happy. You will be so very glad. It's able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. Now let's look at James chapter 1. We're heading to some really good places this morning. I believe we receive. How about you? In James chapter 1, In verse 22, it says here, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, I like a couple different translations. One translation says it this way, the NLT. It says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Weymouth says it this way, but prove yourself obedient to the message and do not be mere hearers of it, imposing delusion upon yourselves. There comes an imposition of delusion on our own lives if all we do is just hear the word. We are fooling ourselves if all we do is hear the word about salvation and never take it to the next step and actually get saved. We are fooling ourselves and deluding ourselves if we think all we need to do is just come to church a couple times a month and hear the word and everything's going to be all right. I'm here to tell you, thank God that you're here. Thank God that you're hearing. But God is into us doing God's word. Say it with me now. I am. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of God's word. You know, the shelves throughout America are full of DVDs about exercise that are never used. Don't raise your hand. <clears throat> it's one thing to talk about exercise, but it's another thing entirely to exercise. It's one thing to know the word. 
It's another thing entirely to act on what you know. Listen, folks, if you want to develop robust faith, if you want to get strong, I mean real strong right here in your spirit, if you want to develop that kind of faith in a particular area of your life, find the scriptures that cover your case. It's good for Pastor Tom to know the scriptures about healing, and that's great, but it's also good for you to know the scriptures for yourself and be able to refer to them and to be able to use them on a daily basis. What do you say, guys? Find the scriptures that cover your case about God meeting your needs and then meditate in them. Apply them to your life. Ponder them. And you will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you will be able to carry away and fill to the full everything that God says is yours. Yes. How many of you have ever heard of a preacher by the name of Smith Wigglesworth? Smith would go and preach. And a lot of times he'd walk back and forth across the platform. And the power of the Lord would be there to heal How many of you know God's power is here right now to heal? His power is everywhere present. But power that is present must be activated through faith. And faith is acting on what you believe. And so Smith would walk back and forth on the platform and he would say in his English accent, Faith is a hack. Faith is a hack. Faith is a hack. What he was saying is this, is faith is an act. And if people would act on the power that was present and they would activate that power and just get moving, just do something they couldn't do before, the healing power of God would raise them up just like that. Say it with me, faith is an act. Now let's look over at James chapter 2. Notice with me in verse 14. James 2.14. It says, What does it profit, my brothers... Though a man say he has faith and has not works, can faith save him? Now, that's a little bit blind to us. But the New Century Version says this, If people say they have faith but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Say this with me. Faith that does nothing nothing. is worth nothing. We need to go beyond just saying what we believe. Believe is a verb. It is an action word. Faith then is acting on what we believe. Look at verse 17 in the Amplified now. He says, So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, It is inoperative or it is dead. We could say it this way. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. Or it does not produce results. Now notice with me in verse 18. In verse 18 it says, Yes, a man may say, I have faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show me that the my faith by my works. Now listen to this translation. He says, 
Prove to me your faith apart from corresponding actions, and I will prove mine to you by my actions. Now understand this. We are not justified, and we are not brought into the kingdom of God by works. Are you you here? It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is what? It's the gift of God. So a person who comes into the kingdom of God by believing and declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior is born of God. But now, once we are born of God, God expects us to add corresponding actions on the outside to what's happened to us on the inside. Amen? We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works or unto corresponding actions. Corresponding actions to your faith are extremely important. How many have ever been to the the airport when they got the new restrooms and the new equipment there? Maybe you walked in there into the restroom and it was time to wash your hands, right? And you went over to the faucet and nothing happened. And you thought, okay, what do I do here? And then someone comes, stands next to you and they just wave their hand. And they're washing their hand. And then they go over to the towel dispenser and, you know, you look at them and they just put their hand under and whoop, out comes the towel, right? And then all of a sudden you get a revelation. You look on the wall and the wall says, equipment is motion activated. Well, it's the same thing is true about faith. Faith is motion activated. Smith Wigglesworth said this, that God will jump over a million people just to get to you when you exhibit faith. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah, you ought to say, look no further. Look no further. I'm a doer of your word. The truth is salvation is here. Deliverance is here. Healing is here. Dead freedom is here. God's just waiting for someone to act. Your faith is motion activated. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, while you're praising, while you're rejoicing, while you're expecting, while you're declaring, while you're acting on the word of God, the water starts flowing out. Woo, hallelujah. The water of life just starts flowing. Glory to God. Raise your hands and thank God for that. Oh, glory. Listen, friends, this is something that we can do. This is not difficult to do. You don't have to go to Bible school to be a doer of God's word. You don't have to make, you don't have to have a DD or PhD or anything else to get results from this word. Hallelujah. I'm telling you folks, one act of faith will open up the supernatural and cause the glory of God to come into your life. A friend of mine said these things. Listen very carefully. He said, the Holy Spirit will always prompt you to act in faith. But your act is the opening is opening the door for God to act. He went on to say, I like this, acts of God are precipitated by acts of faith. And then he said, your act is the opening act for the main event. 
And what is the main event? The main event is God's act. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I said glory to God. I'm interested in results. How about you? Folks, faith that gets results must be translated into action. Into action. How many of you know that Jesus said to us in Mark eleven twenty three? He said, for verily I say unto you, that's us, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be what? Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Say this with me, I'm a whosoever. And I have whatsoever that I say that is based on the Word of God. Now say this with me. Faith moves God and faith moves mountains. Your faith must move your mouth before it moves your mountain. Did you get that? I'm going to say it again. Our faith must move our mouths before it moves our mountains. As a matter of fact, faith will not move anything until it moves you. Did you hear that? And the first part of our faith that must move is our mouth. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I said the first part of you that your faith will move is your mouth. See, we're talking about being a doer of God's word. Verbalizing and declaring and confessing is actually a action. It is a action of your faith. So I told you it was easy. Everybody's looking for something easy to do. How many of you know you can get some scriptures and you can declare them? You can say about yourself what God's Word has already said. What are you saying, Pastor Mark? I'm saying this. Strengthen and encourage yourself daily by speaking God's Word over your life. What do you mean, speaking God's Word over my life? Well, I mean what Proverbs says, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What do you mean, Declaring God's word over my life. I'm talking about strengthening your spirit by declaring who you are in Christ. Now we saw a verse of scripture Tuesday and Wednesday night. You ought to shout over this when you see it. We got any shouters in the house? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. Oh man, this is good food right here. 2 Corinthians 5 21. Declare who you are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who what? That we might be what? Say this to me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So number one, strengthen your spirit by declaring who you are in Christ. Number two, Strengthen your spirit by declaring what you have in Christ. Now let's look at a scripture over in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. 
Ephesians, the first chapter in the seventh verse, says this. It says, in whom, that's in Christ. Say with me, I am in Christ. And Christ is in me. Now notice this in verse 7. In whom, or in Christ, we're about to get redemption. No, it says, in whom we what? We have redemption. If you have something, if I have a wife, and I do, thank God, I don't need to get another wife. I have the best wife in the whole wide world. Just so, in Christ Jesus, you're not trying to get redeemed. You are the redeemed. You are not the sick trying to get healed. You are the well, and the enemy's just trying to rob your redemption. Are you listening to me? So notice with me, it says, in Christ, you and I already have something. What do we have? We have redemption. Woo, glory to God. And the redemption, my friends, is through the blood of Jesus. Oh, can we shout about the blood? We have been redeemed from the curse of the law because the blood has been shed. And as we apply the blood to our lives and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can boldly say, I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. So that means when something knocks on your door that is not a part of your redemption, you can slam the door shut right in the devil's face and you can say no trespassing this is a house of the redeemed I am the redeemed of the Lord let the redeemed of the Lord say so let the redeemed of the Lord shout so let the redeemed of the Lord get happy in the house of God Woo! I've been redeemed you've been redeemed you're not about to get redeemed. You're not about one day to be redeemed. He bought you with a price. And he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for you. Hallelujah. You are an eternal being. You are a spirit being. And you have been, oh, glory to God. You've been eternally redeemed. Woo. Not just when we all get to heaven, Amen. we'll sing and shout the victory. We should be singing, we'd be shouting, we should be dancing about the redemption right here, right now. So strengthen your spirit daily. Say it with me, I'm redeemed. In whom we have redemption. And then strengthen your spirit by declaring what you can do in Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes in life, we feel like our hands are tied. We feel like that there's not a way out. We feel like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, look with me at Philippians 4.13. I ask you this morning, did you anybody come here to shout? Yeah. That'll wake some of you up here in a minute. <laughs> look at Philippians 4.13. We're going to look at it in the Amplified Version. Glory to God. Amen. Lost my scriptures here. Woo! Strengthen your spirit 
By being a doer of God's word. Philippians 4.13. No, Philippians 4.13, Amplified Version. I could quote it to you, but I'm going to wait till we get it up there. Hallelujah. What has the devil told you that you'll never be able to do? This verse will trump all that. Read it with me. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self Glory to God. Glory to God. That's kept me off of drugs for about 44 years. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. That, listen, folks, that'll keep you from losing your cool on the job tomorrow. That'll keep you from giving a person a piece of your mind. I mean, if you have to go in the restroom when the heat is on at the job, just get in there and take Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can maintain my cool. I ain't no fool. (laughs) Folks, this will keep you. This will keep you having the mindset of a victor rather than being a victim. Notice this. I have strength for all things. How many things? Those things that the enemy has told you you can't do. Jesus said, I've given you strength for all things. And it comes from me. That's what he says. And there's an empowerment that will come into your life. That means, folks, nothing will take you by surprise. Nothing will bring you down. Why? Because you're ready. I said, you're ready. You've been nourished up in the words of faith. You've been praying, come on somebody, in the Holy Ghost. You're getting stronger day by day. You're ready. I'm ready for anything. Now notice this. And equal to anything, not in your own strength, but it's through Him. But He's not done. He says, I will infuse your spirit with inner strength every day as you lean upon me. As you draw from my boundless might, I will strengthen you with glory and with might. He's infusing inner strength into me right now. He's doing it for you. You guys, you're not aware, some of you aren't aware of it, but he is strengthening you right now in your spirit. He's infusing inner strength into you. Say it with me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Glory to God. How many of you have favorite Bible characters you'd like to read after? Anybody like to read after David? I love to watch David take Goliath down. Don't you? I'm just a teenage boy. In that great huge mountain of a man. He says, you know, you come to me with a sword and a spear. But David said, I'm coming after you in the name of the Lord of hosts. <laughs> he said, you know what? 
I'm going to take you down and I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. And tell me, did it happen? Yes. Come on, somebody. Did it happen? Yes. Did it happen? Yes. Oh, yeah, it happened. And it'll happen for you when the giants of your life come knocking on your door. They may come after you with threats of bankruptcy, threats of cancer. But oh, because you're a covenant man or a covenant woman, you can rise up and say, yeah, you're coming to me with that. But look what I got. <laughs> I got the name. I got the blood. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the spoken word. Come on, big boy. Just come on. I'm going after you. Woo, glory to God. Just as Goliath went down... Your giants will go down as you stand strong in me and in the power of my might. Now listen, David was being pursued by Saul. He was being pursued by the enemies of Israel. They hated David. But David is a golden example of a man with a strong spirit. He could have given in to victory. I mean to defeat. He could in that cave. When Saul was pursuing him. And javelins were being thrown at him. Trying to pin him up against the wall in the palace. David could have turned cowardly. But David didn't cow down. David stirred up. David didn't back down. David got built up. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself. And friends, you can do the same thing. Oh, man. How many of you give me just a little bit more time today? So David, he didn't give in to defeat. But he pressed on in to victory. I want you to look at 2 Samuel chapter 22. And I want you to notice verse 30. And the context of this set of scriptures that we're going to look at is when Saul was chasing after David. Saul was so jealous of David because David was the next king of Israel. And Saul knew it. Saul knew that his place was going to be taken, that he was going to be removed from office, and David was coming on the scene. And so Saul, demonically inspired, came after David. But David didn't back down. Here's what David said. David said, for by thee, he's talking to the Lord. Raise your hand and say this with me. By you, Lord. By, you, Lord. by your name. And by your blood. And by your strength. He said, for by thee, I have, <laughs> whoo, I've run through a troop. And by my God, I've leaped over a wall. Notice he didn't say, because of my education. Because I got strong over there, tending to the sheep. He didn't lean on his own intelligence. He didn't lean on his own ingenuity or his own strength. He said, by thee, I have run through a troop. Come on, someone say it. By my God, I'm leaping over walls. Now notice verse 33. Verse 33. This is what I want you to see today. 
Declaring God's Word will strengthen your spirit. Declaring God's Word is an action of your faith. For faith to come and faith to be released, it must be spoken. Speaking His Word is an action of your faith. Do you see that? Here's what David said in verse 33 through verse 34. Let's read it together. God is my strength and power. He makes my way perfect. Verse 34. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and he sets me upon glory to God. Say it with me. God is my strength. He is my power. He's making my way perfect because you are perfecting that which concerneth me. You're making my feet like hinds feet and you're setting me upon my high places. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, that's great, but what in the world are hinds feet? Well, the hind is a female deer. And she is remarkable for fleetness or swiftness. A hinds, they say, can place her back feet exactly where her front feet stepped. Not one inch off. A hind is able to run and to jump without abandonment. See, the Israelites, they reckoned swiftness of foot agility and endurance among the highest of warlike qualities. And these qualities were needed especially in the pursuit of defeating the enemy. Here's the meaning, guys. That God has made David alert and active, enabling him to pursue an enemy or to escape from a swift running foe. And how that applies to you and to me is God makes our feet like hinds feet. In other words, we can move move so swift and so fast, we can rise up to the high places where the enemy cannot touch us. Woo, hallelujah. Now, look at Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 17 through 19. And we're going to look at that in the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There is an enablement for you. There is an enablement for you to live victoriously. Now notice this. He says, though the fig tree does not blossom. This is a type of everything going wrong. Has anybody ever felt like it seems like everything has gone wrong? Anybody been there before? Though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vine, though the product of the oil fails, all of fails, and the fields yield no food, Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls. He's having a bad day. He might be having a bad month. You might have had a bad year. But I'm telling you by the word of God, the year ain't over yet. No, notice verse 18. 
Yet, here's what I'm going to do. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. Come on, somebody. Verse 19. The Lord is my strength. He's my personal bravery. He's my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet. And I am made to walk, not to stand still and tear, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Woo! Glory to God. I'm not going to stand still in tear. When terrorists come into synagogues, when terrorists come to invade the Bay Area, I'm declaring that we shall not be defeated. We shall not be terrified by one moment of an adversary coming against us. Because he makes us to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Listen, folks, whether you realize it today or not, you have made spiritual progress coming to church. Here's what the Lord spoke. Listen to this very carefully. Faith gives you hope. Does it not? Faith is the substance of what? Of things hoped for. Faith is the firm foundation of things that we hope for. Faith gives us hope. What does hope give us? Hope, glory to God. Are you here today? What does hope give you? Thank you, Jesus. Hope gives you joy. I said hope gives you joy. Look over at Romans 15, verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13. Glory to God. I said glory to God. <laughs> May the God of your hope so fill you with all what? So what comes when you're expecting, what what should be happening in your spirit and in your mind when you're expecting good things to happen? You show me a sad saint and I'll show you a saint who has no hope. So faith gives me hope Hope gives me joy. Yeah. Hallelujah. And what does joy give me? Peace. Joy gives me peace, peace and joy gives me strength. Yes, that's right. For the joy of the Lord is what? It, it is your strength. So when you're running through troops and leaping over a wall, keep a smile on your face. Because the Lord's with you wherever you go. So as you have hope, you have joy, you have peace. And when you have joy, you have strength. And when you have strength, you have victory. See, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now let's get practical as we close today. Here is how you act in faith concerning your cares, your worries, and your fears that come to your life. 
How many of you know, number one, God cares for you? Do you really know He cares for you? He cares for you so much that He does not want you carrying cares. Is that right? Now notice in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. Now notice this, it says, Casting all of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your concerns, how many times? Now, if you literally do that, if you cast all your cares on Him, how many cares do you have left? If you cast all your cares on Him, who has your cares? If He has your cares, then you are carefree. Amen? So let's try that on for size. We don't have time to go into it in depth. If you want to go into it in depth, get the first service. It was under a strong anointing. Spent about 20 minutes in it. Say this with me. I cast all my care on you. Therefore, the actions that follow my casting, my care upon him, is a declaration that I am now, I am carefree. I don't have a care. I refuse to worry about anything. I rolled it on him. Him has it, and I don't. My actions follow my declaration. I choose to act carefree. Now, when you're carefree, that means you stop talking about it. You stop holding on to it. When you've rolled the care of your relative over on the Lord, you don't talk about how bad things are. Why? Because you've given it to Him. And that means Him is working on it. And my part then is to continue to pray for Him. But to not pick that care back up. In other words, stop talking about what could happen. Stop talking about what might happen. And live your life carefree. Raise your hands right now. Say with me, Heavenly Father. I roll all my care completely and entirely into your capable hands. I declare that I am carefree. I don't have a care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.